Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back into House of Wrestling, everybody. It's me, Nick Hausman. Come through the front door. Drop your shoes by the door. Put your hat or your, your, your coat on the coat rack. Whatever you want to do. Come on into the living room, everybody. Because sitting here by the fireplace today, joining us in the morning, not in the wee hours of the night, it is our friend from Grap City. It is Phil Lindsay. Phil, thank you for coming into House of Wrestling. Thanks for having me. Um, this is different. Uh, last time I saw you, we were um, <laughs> in your in your studio, uh, shoulder to shoulder uh, after a pretty uneventful RAW. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. We for those that don't know what Phil and I are talking about, we attempted to do a post show just just as like a, a kind of a lark. Because Phil and I both live in Chicago, so it was like, hey, let's hang out. Let's try to do something. The hanging out was tops. That was great. I enjoyed hanging and talking. When it came time to do the show, we realized we had not really watched Raw. We dealt with a lot of technical issues. All things fell apart. So we're going to get back on the tracks here today. Very excited to talk. All the news of the day with Phil. Uh, Before we get to the news, and Chicago is going to be a big part of the news here today, uh, I got to remind you, of course, if you're watching us right here, first run, in video form, you are watching us on the Premier Streaming Network. Every Tuesday and Thursday, noon Eastern, come on over to Premier Streaming Network. That's where you can come into House of Wrestling. Got to go over to watchonpremier.com, sign up for Premier Plus, and then you're going to be able to come over here. You're going to be able to watch me, all of my friends, all of our guests here in the House of Wrestling every Tuesday and Thursday. You're going to get all the other great content here on Premier Streaming Network as well. So go over to there, watchonpremier.com, and if you can't find us here on Watch on Premiere, the audio from all the House of Wrestling episodes, as well as all the audio from the interviews that I do, goes up on the House of Wrestling podcast feed. It is popping right now. We are having a huge week traffic-wise on the House of Wrestling podcast feed. Come on in, subscribe, rate, review, all that stuff. Yesterday, Phil, I dropped this uh, Dark Side of the Ring special in the feed. I have co-creator Evan Husney. I have the composer, Andrew Gordon McPherson. People go listen to that. Dude, I hit pay dirt on this thing, man, because I'm sitting here and I'm talking to Evan and I'm like, hey, man, I got a little confused doing some research. I can't really figure out what the debut episode is. And he's like, dude, ugh, I'm dealing with it, too. People don't know it. Why don't I just give you the full episode order and air dates and the wow. titles of the episodes and I'll email them to you. And I said, oh, my God, Evan, thank you. Please do not tweet out any of this information and use my link when I put it out. And that thing has exploded. So if you're looking for all the correct information on Dark Side of the Ring, head over to HouseOfWrestling.com. We got that. So much more. Um, And uh, we have a mystery interview hitting the podcast feed tomorrow. Uh, You'll find out tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern, if you are a subscriber. And last but not least, we are going to talk a little bit about Double or Nothing and Night of Champions this weekend. But I am doing written Preview and prediction posts over on HouseOfWrestling.com. So if you want to read those, tell me if I'm right or wrong, pass them around to your friends, feel free to do so, man. That's that's always like the most fun part of wrestling is predicting what's going to happen, right? Speculation, man. It's a 
Yeah. Are, are yeah. we are we supposed to speculate about your mystery interview for tomorrow either? Uh, I think pop, people can probably guess who it's not. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I uh, <laughs> pro- pro- probably not a guy from Long Island. <laughs> probably not. But no, uh, big interview. Uh, from somebody in Chicago, and it's not that guy either. So there you go. Uh, or whoever you think that may be. No, it's a big one. It's an exciting one. I'm very excited. Somebody that's a good good friend of mine. Very happy and excited to chat with me tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern, on the House Rousey podcast feed. Uh, All right, so the big news last night, Phil. I said Chicago is going to be part of the news here today. It is Tony Khan is backstage at Dynamite. They cut to him. He does uh, round two of the announcement on Collision. And now it's official, the debut episode, June 17th. It's going to be happening at the United Center. Didn't announce Punk. What would you think? How did it come across? Where's your head at now, Phil? Uh, I thought, uh, I thought it came across well. Um, I, I don't really understand the strategy of doing the back-to-back announcements. I have to assume that there was behind that scenes stuff of why he couldn't do all the announcements at once. Um, I kind of like not having Punk on anything ahead of time. I mean, I think we all know he's probably going to be there at this point. Um, but I prefer to get like wrestling stuff teased on the show. Like if we can get a vignette or something for him, where if he just appears cold, I would be more for that than like a press release. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I, and I, I definitely think there was something last week that caused Tony to have to stretch this out over two weeks. I mean, I mean, like I reported last week, it was the ACL situation, right? You know, the day before the upfront presentation, for whatever reason, Tony Khan changes his mind Ace isn't coming back into the fold. Everybody grabs their lawyers. Lawyers start talking. Punk gets pulled from the announcement. And now we, we, we can't officially announce it because we have all these lawyers involved. Now, all of that seems to be squashed, put to bed, it looks like at least here, because they're going to definitely be at the United Center. Punk seems to be on the way. Uh, the Observer on the Observer Radio this morning, Dave noted that Ace Steel is back with the company, but it doesn't look like he is going to be working physically backstage at collision he's going to continue to work remotely i'm sure that that was something that had to be worked through but at this point if you're punk so much is tied up in this right it's not just him it's not just ace it's the roster it's the fans it's the concession workers at the united center it's all of these people that are kind of dependent on this punk ecosystem that for him to not come back at this point he has to know would really negatively affect a lot of people that he really genuinely cares about from what I gather. So it does suck from his perspective that ACE is not coming back to the fold. I've definitely, or physically coming back to the fold. I've definitely talked to people in the past week since my story went out that were very sympathetic to ACE that were like, look, there was a fight. Everyone was involved in the fight. (laughs) You know, This guy got fired as a kind of, token uh firing to say look we we took aggressive action here and now that he was brought back i had a lot of people saying to me you know if it had been uh my friend who was getting attacked i'd have probably been the ace steel in this situation you know what i mean and so uh, a concession there not great on punk's end but again things are working through and it does look like we'll get punk back in the fold what he does i guess we don't know phil what would you like to see punk do once he gets back in, into AEW action. Um, it sounds like uh, they're going for the Joe program right away. Joe's been on the promotional material for Collision. Joe retweeted that uh, the what looks like 
part of the opening for uh, Collision. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm assuming it's the Joe match, and I think that that's a that's a huge match to do at United Center if that's the destination. Um, I'm all I'm all behind that feud if that's where we're going. Um, man, Ace, the Ace Steel stuff is is interesting to me because we got so many different bits of information. Uh, of course, with everything punk related at this point, you get you get so many different takes on it. You get so many different like varying degrees of breadcrumbs that it's hard to tell what actually happened there because you had some people that were like, all right, well, Punk came in and was like, he wants his friend back. And that's not what we heard for a while. So it's like, where did that even come from? Like, I didn't even hear about Ace Steel being back involved in the company until last week. And so it was kind of weird that people thought that he would get all the way up to the announcement, the collision and go, Hey, by the way, I want my friend back here. And I was like, yeah, I don't think that's what happened here. Um, we didn't hear anything about a still until after the Jericho meeting. And so I thought that was the big tell there that some, whatever happened in that meeting, that's when a steel was kind of really introduced back in. I don't know the specifics. Sean, of course, reported on Fightful select that it was mentioned in that meeting. So, yeah, I think the mix-up for some people is that they think that Punk came back in and was like, yeah, I, I want my friend back here or I'm not coming back to work. And I don't think that's what happened. <laughs> I don't think that's what happened either, Phil. I think that's, I think you're right about that. I, from what I gather happened here is, like I said, I think Ace was the fall guy. I think at least a lot of people that I've talked to have, have referred to him as such in this situation. And, yeah. and because of that, you know, Time will tell when it comes to what all legal <laughs> legally is going on right now. I feel like there's so many legal landmines that we don't, as as even as people that really know this situation, we don't understand where the guardrails are with everybody mm-hmm. here, right? You know, was this an act legally? Is what Ace did an act of self defense? Was it aggression? Like it doesn't sound like a police report was filed. I've still never heard anything about that. So. Right. Ace legally, if there's no police report, didn't pr- do anything wrong as, cr- as shitty as the whole situation was. So is there some kind of and again, this is just me speculating and this is just all based off of things that I'm hearing from everybody. And I'm talking about it, talking to everybody about everything. Is this a situation where Ace felt he was wrongfully terminated? Is this a situation where to make amends with somebody that maybe had a legal case about being wrongfully terminated? They brought him back independent of Punk's desire to have Ace steal back. Was it possible that Ace and AEW came to the own, their own conclusion that if, for all parties involved, it would just be easier to bring me back in some capacity so we don't sit in a courtroom forever? And Tony goes, fine, I'll, I'll bring you back, but it is still way too early to put you backstage because there are people that are hot and pissed yeah. back here right now. So we're going to quietly bring you back. Because then now the whole we, uh, we uh, no lawsuit no no wrongful termination lawsuit you're back, but you can't be backstage right, and now Punk's kind of sitting here, and it's just it's like the Cabana thing where everybody thought Punk was like pulling all these strings for now he's pulling all the strings for Ace right and again both of those situations seem to be like people independently in his orbit but I believe Sean when he says Jericho comes to the table probably knows. Ace Steel is back with the company in on on the bench for all intent purposes, right? And says, "Punk, hey, I, you know, I'm not a bad guy. 
I love this business. We're trying to make AEW work. We need this thing to survive for the business to survive. We need AEW to survive. It's going to make you feel better. I know that Tony's got Ace on retainer. Why don't we try to figure out a way as a token to get things moving here, to show good faith on all sides? Would it, would it make you feel better if we took Ace off the bench and he could go work with you on Collision? We'll just keep you guys, well, we'll continue to keep everybody separate for right now while we work through things, but would that make you feel better? I bet Punk goes, hot damn, Chris, I was really expecting to fucking cross-check you here today, but you know what? That uh, that sounds like a really <laughs> good idea, Chris, and I I thank you for your genuine attempt to, to resolve this, and I, I'm just putting the pieces here together. Then, as they're all moving in good faith, something that had been teased to Punk, that again, Punk maybe probably didn't push for was offered to him right then they decide well we're not going to do it now (laughs) like i don't know exactly how much of what i just kind of described there is spot on but i think that's kind of the timeline we're looking at with ace here i i think that this is more an ace and aew situation than a punk ace aew situation if i if i had to guess yeah that's what it seems like because again we didn't hear anything about ace being back until last week um like not a peep about a steal at all. And so I can believe that. Um, and I, I agree that this seems very similar to the punk situation. I mean, the punk cult situation where it feels like punk may not have said, Hey, I don't want to see this guy anywhere in the building, but somebody made that decision and was like, all right, I'm going to try and I'm going to, I'm going to try and please everybody. And you know how this goes. When you try to please everybody, you ultimately piss some people off. It always happens. And so I feel like that's kind of what happened here. I feel yes. like somebody was like, "All right, let's reintroduce, uh, let's reintroduce Ace into the situation. Maybe that'll help." And then, then they just kind of took it away, and and Punk was probably looking around like, "Well, wait a minute, you yes, you guys See, told me I could work with him." Uh, and, and dude, I agree. It's like people making decisions that they think will make Punk happy, and it's not like Punk was like, fine. they come to him and are like. Or don't even come to him. Like, Cabana just disappears, and Punk's like, that's fucking weird, right? You know, and they're like, all right, well, or we're bringing Ace back. Would that make you happy? And he's like, yeah, sure. All right, we're taking Ace away. What the fuck, guys? What are you doing? You know, like, you know, it's... Yeah, it's, it's, it's all weird. And I always thought that about the cold situation, because when Tony ultimately says it in, in the all-out press scrum that he was the one that made the decision, I was like, you should have said that, like, months ago. You could have avoided a lot of this um, because you, you left it all on Punk's plate and you left people assuming that it was him. And, you know, I don't know what's true about that at this point. Maybe it was Punk. But if you're going to if, – if, if you guys are going to decide to move him, Tony should have took the brunt of that if he made that decision. No, I agree. And and we all learned that Punk felt the same way at All Out. You know, that's that's really what it came down to. He came out and said, if Tony's not going to address this situation, then I got to do it. And if I right. got to do it, you're going to get the Phil Brooks special. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, yeah, it, it's just going too far. Um, and I, I'm glad that they're now nipping this 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 uh, ace deal in the thing in the butt before it got too far as well. Because it seemed like that's where it was going to go, the same direction. And so that was the other thing that we got this week. We got that uh, report or rumor about, oh, they sent legal to, to, to Punk. And the way that it was framed, it made it seem like, hey, we're sending legal there. So if you don't show up to work, uh, you're going to court, sir. It's like, no, this guy has not been on television since September. Right. And 
when he went away, he said disparaging things about other guys on your roster. No, we need to send you legal legal documentation and stuff for you to sign so you don't come back here and do the same thing. You're yes. not gonna you're not gonna burn us again. Um that that may not be a hey, do this or you're fired. It's a hey, you did this before. I'm not gonna let you do this again. <laughs> Like, if you're going to come back here, come back here and behave. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, man, it is just so interesting because, like, Tony doesn't want to let Punk go. That's obvious, right? Like, if if he he could just fire Punk. He could just let the man go and go about business and, like, seemingly have a fairly harmonious locker room. He doesn't want to do that, right? He sees the value of Punk here. I do wonder, and I'll, I'll, I'll briefly go down this, this, down this rabbit hole here because I know I probably beat this horse to death but this is another sign to me that things are not all well obviously between punk and the elite if the good the good faith gesture that chris jericho and and tony wanted to do with ace steel to bring him back into into the mix like if the elite got upset about that and say we can't have this guy backstage we're gonna have to take him away reset the table i don't know how long this back and forth pull and push and pull can go and in the end, at the end of the year, when the Bucks and Kenny's contracts are up, if this thing is still, I mean, we're going to be over a year, over a year, to probably two years if you count all of the backstage drama and stuff that led up to All Out. We will have been through 500 yards of shit like Andy Dufresne to get to the <laughs> other side, okay? He would have died in that tunnel, by the way. I read this. That he ta- Anyway, whatever. He... We, we will have been so deep through this thing here. I don't know how anyone would want to stay around it, you know, like, and again, and I don't want to say it's, it's different than Cody. I don't think Cody's was the, the Cody situation was as personal as this is, but you know, I got, I got tired of it. Obviously like, you know, things were weird. Booking was weird. The vibe was weird. He left. He went and found other pastures. He's making a ton of money. And is in a and is in a great spot. I don't think it. I, I if this thing can't get resolved, I don't know what this looks like at the end of the year, Phil. I think it's. I think we're we might see some big moves in in the industry if if this cannot be resolved, and there's no sign of it being resolved anytime soon. Yeah, um, yeah, I do think um, the elite stuff is part of it with Ace, but then you got to look at it this way: from a business sense, if you're the elite. You probably have warmed up to this idea that Punk is going to be there no matter what. But if I'm trying to tiptoe this this and 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 walk on eggshells and bring this guy back in, it does kind of look crazy too that you're bringing this guy back in, and you also oh yeah by the way we're bringing Ace back too. Yeah, I I think this is again you're trying to please too many people, man. And so I think you're looking around like all right, well yeah, <laughs> Punk is coming back no matter what, and so. It might have been too much of a hard sell to bring Punk and Ace back. Um, so I get that. Um, but yeah, I, I do wonder like how long this is going to go out before these guys actually sit down and have a conversation, if that ever happens. Um, I don't know. Um, and you do mention the Cody thing. I think the Cody stuff has had a lot of bearing on this. And mm-hmm. not because not to say that Cody is involved, but I do think that... Um, if Cody if Cody doesn't go away and he doesn't become a big success with WWE, if he doesn't have a successful run, have the biggest match of his career at WrestleMania this year, um, maybe we're not still 
trying to hold on to Punk and AEW like we would because I have to imagine if you're Tony Khan, you're looking around like, yeah, let this guy go. He was one of our biggest stars, and now he's over there killing it. Yeah. Do I want to let this guy go and possibly end up there and with a live mic in his hand burying my company? Maybe not. <laughs> one of the things I'm wondering, and I, look, there's an AEW media call here later today. Maybe, maybe I'll get the chance to ask Tony this myself. I want to know if the TV rights negotiations are done. Like with the announcement of Collision coming on board and the kind of packaging that with Dynamite and All Access and Rampage, have they finished the TV rights negotiations or are they still ongoing? Because the the last thing I would think that Warner Brothers Discovery wants to see as they're possibly investing a billion dollars into Tony Khan <laughs> is a bunch of shit show uh, infighting and, oh, we're also going to we're going to let this huge sack of money walk out the door i don't think warner brothers discovery wants to see that so again it's like between the trying to satiate wbd all these other people that have these friggin' weird legal issues going on like it is it is very difficult for, for tony right now to get everybody rowing in the same direction you know it's just kind of like it's like trying to trying to squeeze putty right you know it's like parts of it are still going to get in between your finger cracks you know you can't necessarily get it into a ball i don't know that was an awful metaphor i'm so sorry everybody it's like the worst <laughs> like the worst metaphor i've ever done on this show it was really really bad that was my bad you kind of get what i'm saying though there's a lot going on here very you know icky Ugh. yeah uh yeah i just look man i i would really like for these guys to just sort this out and get back to business if if it's an untenable situation it's an untenable situation but i mean it seems pretty clear that he's coming back um it honestly it seemed like he was coming back for a while so i, I don't know uh you're gonna you're just gonna stay in the same company for this guy and he's on contract for what the next three years and just never deal with it I'd have brought Ace back. I, I would. I think Jericho. Oh God, I'm agreeing with Chris Jericho. I think Jericho had the right idea here, right? I, I, I do, right? I think you bring Punk and Ace back is a sign of good faith. We're trying to work things through. Not everybody here is a monster. There were a lot of bad decisions made. Let's try to figure this out and get back to business because as long as this stuff keeps happening, Ace is back. Ace isn't back. Punk's back. The elite hates Punk. Blah blah blah. Nobody's talking about double or nothing this weekend in regards to AEW. Everybody is talking about CM Punk, AEW Collision. What is going on with Punk? What is going on with this drama with Punk? And in order to get back to the business at hand, which is selling pay per views and T shirts and getting talent over, this story has got to go away, and it won't go away when this stuff keeps happening. And that's why I say bring back Ace. Show up. Show a united front. Like, you don't have to like everybody. You're not even going to be sharing the same show. Maybe you'll yeah. have your own buses for pay-per-views you can all scuttle about in. But, like, it's a, it's a, it's a public front-facing show of we are working together. It's not as bad as you think. Please focus on the wrestling and storytelling and stop talking about all this nonsense that is really bad for the company. And that's why I say bring back Ace. Show, show a united front, even if it's all just kabuki you know yeah it's it's better than what you've got right now which is everybody constantly talking about other stuff that has nothing to do with the storylines on television yeah and i mean you know to play devil's advocate here i do understand why the elite would be reluctant to talk to him because i mean nick got injured here 
Um, and if we, you you get into a fight with this guy, yeah, it's easy for him to come back and go, oh, well, let's just sort this out. Um, no, you, you didn't have to miss time on TV because of an injury. Everybody missed time because of the situation in general, because of suspensions. But no, he got seriously injured here. So I can understand why on their side, they're like, I'm not, I'm not really in the mood to talk to this guy. And that'll, you know, maybe it'll take time to get there. I mean, we mentioned Cody. Um, it seems like they're on good terms with Cody now. Um, I, I think as I think as long as Punk, I think the more Punk uh, regains the narrative, the less likely it is that the elite will sit down with Punk, because I think that hmm. I think that they want to win the moral argument that they were wronged, and if that is not, and I know I don't I don't I, from what I'm hearing in Punk's camp I don't I don't get that vibe that Punk is going to be contrite and say. I'm the bad guy here. I'm at fault because we don't know the full scope of what happened in that room. Who touched who first? How did this entry into the room go about? We'll find all that stuff out in time, I'm sure. Um, but as long as Punk gets back to be at Punk and gets over and has people liking him, I think that is the opposite of what the elite wants. They want a they want a humbled, contrite CM Punk on his knees apologizing to them, and they're never going to get that. And unless that's the, yeah. unless that unless that's unless that's the situation, I don't think they'll ever. I, I mean, I don't I don't foresee any kind of reconciliation uh, uh, without it. So hmm. there you go. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I I think you're right on that front, but yeah, it just all seems very silly at this point. Um, this has been going on for way too long. It just all seems very silly, um, and I'm not you know saying that the leader just being silly i think I, I think most people involved at this point are being silly yep yeah well back to what we're going to do with punk here and we can kind of transition a little bit we'll talk a little bit about double or nothing but we'll, we'll, we'll hit on night of champions as well here at the end of the show so i asked you what you do with punk when you bring him back you said joe looks possible i agree a lot of buzz around joe he's part of collision i personally would like to see punk return at the end of double or nothing to confront mjf i think that is the the story Punk uh, never lost this title. He was stripped mm -hmm. of this title in disgrace. You don't even need to really acknowledge that. He's just coming back for it, and and Max is, is the guy. And I, I want that because I think it's, A, great. It not, has nothing to do largely with the AEW all-out situation. And, B, uh, anything to put the focus past this Four Pillars match, which has continued to not grab me. Although I thought Darby Allin cut maybe his best promo ever last night on Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you like the idea of, of, of Punk coming back and and working with MJF or no? Yeah, I think it was Trevor Dame on Twitter that was saying, um, if you need a way to close the pay-per-view after the Pillars match, um, just go the answering machine route again with Punk. And I think that oh. would be really cool. Um, but I don't think they're going to do that, personally. Um, I think that would be really, really cool. But um, you, you said that Double or Nothing is kind of like low on the totem pole of things people are talking about now. And I agree. It's not just because of like all the controversy, but I feel like all in is a bigger story. Cause it's like, it's, it's already selling out. Um, people have already kind of like moved on interest to forbidden door. There's just so many things happening at the same time. So I think there's so many things vying for your interest. And I think that's kind of the concern with this pay-per-view. Um, I don't want to say it feels like this, this pay-per-view is an afterthought, but I do think people are very much looking past it to the next big shows coming down the line. Uh, and so 
it, it's kind of hard for me to imagine that they would immediately go back into Punk versus uh, um, MGF. It seems like they're probably going to start building something for Forbidden Door soon because it's coming up. It's in June. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I'm, uh, if Osprey's healthy, I've heard rumors that he could potentially be having a big match there. And, you know, we'll see where that goes. Um, well, as we were talking about a double or nothing, kind of meh on the build. Man, they threw a log on the fire last night um, in that Adam Cole-Chris Jericho unsanctioned match. Surprise, special guest enforcer coming up this Sunday. ECW original Sabu is back in the building, and he is going to be, I guess, making sure things are done in an unsanctioned way. Um, it was Look, Sabu... Uh, great in-ring performer right over the years has done some put his body on the line i think mick foley said nobody's given more and gotten less out of the business than sabu i think that's probably accurate but as soon as sabu hit my tv screen i thought to myself my timeline is about to be flooded with a bunch of very offensive stuff from sabu's past i don't have you seen are you aware of of some of the things that that sabu has said um yeah i yeah I was very surprised to see him, um, and I was not surprised at all that Twitter did what Twitter does, and Twitter found things that he said before. Um, yeah. Uh, can't say that I'm super excited about Sabu being involved. I don't really understand his uh, his correlation to any of these wrestlers involved here. No, none. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> I mean, he, he kind of briefly worked with Chris, I guess. So there you go. Yeah, I, I don't really get the connection there. Um, I guess it's another way to add something to this match. I don't really feel like it needed it, um, but <laughs> it's newsworthy, I guess. Well, it's. I guess the thing is, once again, the focus isn't like there's less focus on this actual match between and then this feud between Jericho and Cole. And now everybody's talking about what a racist Sabu is going into this match. And it's like, why welcome, why welcome this kind of non-attention into your space? I just, I, it, it, I think this was a whiff on my, on my, I, I agree. I don't think there's a real connection here with the performers. I don't think it really adds anything to the match. If anything, I think just the kind of talk that's going on right now today takes away from it. it, it it's a huge distraction going into double or nothing. So I don't get it. I don't get the move. It's a weird build to this show. Very odd. Yeah. Um. Let's see. We also uh. What else do I want to put over here? Okay. We got the we got the main event. Uh. FTR. Uh. They're gonna take on Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal. Mark Briscoe is gonna serve as a special guest referee. By the way, I really like Mark right now. I, yeah. I he's like his own little thing in AEW. That's just very pure and enjoyable. And like when he bitch slapped Jeff Jarrett last night, it was freaking awesome. I love the way Jeff sold for it. So uh, I, I'm really I'm excited for Mark here. The, uh, whatever the bout will be, whatever. But I like Mark. That's my thought on this. <laughs> yeah, I keep wanting to not like the Jared stuff. Jared has gotten what like four uh, AW tag team title matches at this point, sure. um, and I keep wanting to be upset about it. But Jared, he's just so entertaining. It's just something about Jared, man. You just want to like him, man. <laughs> He's just so entertaining. Um, so I think it's a good first field feud for FTR. I'm very glad that uh, we're getting more signings like uh, uh, Aussie Open. Um, I think I think you've got to get back to 
doing the big like noteworthy tag title matches soon because I, like I said, Jared has had four title matches now. I think you've got to get back to what made this tag division shine, what made it special, and you've got this huge stacked division, and we're not really seeing that in the title in the title picture right now. Dude, what happened to the acclaimed? Remember, like, um, remember when they were super over, hottest thing in the company? Like, what happened there? They're still very popular. If you every time they show up on TV, they get a good reaction. Um, but, but why aren't they getting more TV time? Is what I'm like. They were one of the few AEW homegrown acts that like people really were got got. I mean, I I thought they'd still be champions right now. Like I'm, I have no idea why the whole thing happened with the guns and I, I FDR is back. So yeah, best in the world. But dude, the acclaimed was the hottest act in the entire pro wrestling business there for a while. I don't know why they didn't continue on with that. Um, I I like the story they did with FDR coming back. I thought that was good. I I I assume the gun stuff was they they needed a transitional champion to get booed by beating the acclaimed because you didn't want to split your fan base by pitting FDR versus the Acclaim. Um, you kind of made that mistake by putting Swerve in our glory up against them at mm-hmm. All Out, and you you don't want to risk getting FDR booed. So I, I got that. Um, I don't know if I would say the start of this uh, <laughs> this title reign has been great. But again, like I said, I, I like Jared and Lethal. Um, so I can't say that I'm upset about this match, but I do think that they need to get back to um, the bread and butter of this tag uh, picture because we just haven't seen it. Like they've got way too many great tag teams back there that are not on TV enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Um, well, somebody who's way over here right now, Orange Cassidy. By the way, is he the go-to opening for Dynamite now? I feel like every week starts with Orange Cassidy. Am I wrong about that? Yeah, almost every week starts with Jane. Every every week. Every week. <laughs> I'm just I'm used to turning on dynamite now and hearing Jane. Uh, but I mean, credit where it's due. He's been a phenomenal champion. In my opinion, he's the best champion in the company at the moment. Possibly one of the best champions in any promotion at the moment. Uh he's been amazing. Um I'm looking forward to the to the blackjack match. Um I think he's gonna retain. Um, the guy that beats this this guy is going to look like a huge deal because they put this guy over massively for almost a year. Yeah, I agree. I don't know who it is to beat Orange though, right? Like he's so good in that role with that championship. Like I'm, I don't know if there's somebody. I I'd, I'd keep it on him here for a while. I also don't understand how this blackjack battle royal works. Is it just twenty one guys in the ring? Do they come out in packs? Like, do you know the rules to this match or no? I don't. I'm assuming it's going to be similar to like their other casino themed matches. Um, I don't know, yeah. but um, at I think the guy that beats him, you you kind of need a, a heel that's going to play off the fact that he's um, been doing kind of this no days off champion thing and taking on more and more injuries and and getting more and more tired from all the title defenses. And you need somebody that's going to come in and capitalize on that. Um, and you got a few guys that can. I I think Jay White is a good option. Um, yeah. I think Swerve is a good option. Um, you got a few heels there that you can do that with. Uh, well, last match I wanted to touch on here before we jump over Night of Champions is Anarchy in the Arena, Blackpool Combat Club versus the Elite, carrying on the tradition here of mass chaos. Um, you know, it's this is a really interesting program for me. I, it's been good. I, I think people enjoy it, but it's. It's not the elite CM Punk, which is what people really seem to want right now. 
Um, are you on the hook? Are you enjoying what these six uh, six are doing or eight? I guess. Yeah, I really like it. Um, I think uh, Blackpool Combat Club is a a really good heel faction. I think they're possibly the best heel faction in wrestling right now. Might be an unpopular opinion. Uh, but I think they're really, really good right now. I think that they do a great job of coming in and just like beating people up. Mox cuts a great promo. Um, Brian is is cutting scathing promos as well. Wheeler's a <laughs> Wheeler's an annoying little shit in the background. You got arrogant uh, Claudio Castagnoli. I think it's really good, and I think it plays off re- off the elite lore from BTE really well. I think this was the perfect time to do the reunion with Hangman, and I thought they executed it really well last week. I'm into it, and I I thought the Anarchy at the Arena match was really fun last night, last last night, last year. Yeah. So, um, um, I'm into it. I I I think this is going to be one of the better matches of the night. Was that the match where a wild thing played for like the first five minutes while they all fought? Yes, that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen live. It it it, it was just like. This crazy frenetic energy in the building where you just like didn't know where to look and everything just felt off. Oh, speaking of, by the way, uh, I really want to put over this whatever the aesthetic is for the House of Black matches where they have this kind of like disco light over the whole audience where it looks like the match is taking place in outer space or something. Whew. I was just high enough for that last night. That was that was a banger. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy it. I, I like the stipulation. Um so yeah, I, 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 more stable warfare that leads to actual like matches and actually has a payoff. I'm for it, and it feels like this has been building long enough, and this is a good payoff to the feud. Well, over on Night of Champions Sunday night, going or Saturday afternoon, uh, not going head to head with Double or Nothing. That'll be Battleground, its own thing. Um, there's three main events. That's how they're advertising it. Triple main event. I, I got <laughs> right. I guess. Yeah, but it, really, the the tag title match is the main event. If Roman Reigns is in the match, that's the main event, right? It is. Um, I feel like this is their way of trying to have their cake and eat it, too. Like, <laughs> Roman is the main event. Like, I don't yes. care. Like, I guess they're trying to put over that the other title matches matter. It is still bizarre to me that you do Night of Champions and build this event where every title is on the line, you know, except the main title that... <laughs> <laughs> that that everybody cares about. And you're still going to put this guy in the main event anyway, even though he's not defending his belt, and he's just going to go against the tag champions. I don't really get it. But, yeah, there's no triple main event. The, the tag match is the main event. So the World Heavyweight Championship match between Rollins and Styles, you are saying will not close the show. You think that goes before the tag match? I'm assuming, I'm assuming something's going to happen in a tag match. Um, to keep this uh, bloodline storyline going, um, but I have to assume. No, I take that back. I think they should end with the world heavyweight title match. I think, um, just given this full circle moment of Rollins losing the universal title in Saudi Arabia to the Fiend, um, and having him have this journey all the way back to winning it there again, I think that's the right way to close the show. I agree, and if you don't do it, if that I mean, AJ Styles is already out there saying the quiet part out loud that this is a secondary title. You want to solidify this thing as being less important than Reigns' title? Have it have it be the uh, second-to-last match and have Reigns follow up after that. You will make it look minuscule. I think for the credibility alone of that title, 
I would have it close the show just to send the signal. This is a main yeah. event title. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe that's maybe that's part of the the thinking of not having him defend his belt because now you don't have to make the decision of Roman ending the show. Um, I don't know, but yeah, no the the world heavyweight championship should end the night. Um, and I I don't I don't see any world where Rollins doesn't win this belt. Um, Lord forbid he gets hurt or something. Um, knock on wood. Um, but, so is this is this like the last pay per view where the draft rules don't apply? Are they going to figure like I say this because there's some funky stuff going on here where like Bianca Belair is going to take on Oscar for the WWE Raw Women's Championship, but both of them were drafted to SmackDown. So regardless yes. of who wins this match, a SmackDown star will hold the Raw Women's Championship, and if Styles were to win and beat Rollins, SmackDown would also have the World Heavyweight Championship. Also, 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 if Reigns wins the main event uh, and it becomes tag champion, he will have replaced the old belt around his waist with two other belts. He will have more belts around his waist and be occupying the tag team title division. There's, there's just a lot of screwiness going on. I mean, the match I'm sure will deliver, but I hope, I hope that on Monday they just start to they just start to fix things because it's a little confusing at the moment. Uh, yeah, I I don't know what they're doing with the women's division at the moment. Um, <laughs> I I I had assumed that uh they were gonna do something right now. But maybe they were gonna swap the belts. I don't want to see them swap the belts because I hated it last time they did it. Um, but I assumed they were gonna do something to address this, and they haven't addressed it at all. <laughs> so I have to assume one of these um one of these women are losing. Um, Oscar seems like the obvious choice that Oscar's going to win. I don't think that Natty's going to win. win. Um, that's not a knock at Natty, but I feel like it's too soon to take that belt off Rhea. If, okay. So here's the thing, everybody, I'm a degenerate gambler and, or was, I used to do uh dark alley basement poker games. True fact. <laughs> and, <laughs> It's a real thing. Uh, I could show you a restaurant in Chinatown where if you go into the kitchen and knock, they'll take you downstairs and you go to a room filled with other people smoking cigarettes and gamble all your money away. So I check the bet online stats every time. And I don't want to be like telling you what to do with your money and go be a degenerate gambler. But there is a one. It is it is a 10 to one chance that Natalia wins this thing. It is a one in 100 chance that Rhea Ripley it is the odds on is the most odds on favorite she has better odds than mjf and double or nothing 100 one in 100 so if you put a 10 dollar bet on natalia you would make uh, well it's 10 to 1 so you make a hundred dollars right we just saw mercedes monet get injured and willow nightingale picked up a fluke what i'm saying yeah. is in the off chance something goes absolutely batshit wrong that 10 dollar bet on natalia may not be a bad idea you could walk away with a little money there that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying everybody you want to take a 10 spot put it on natalia Everything, if something goes weird, you're gonna bank. And if you if it doesn't, you've lost ten dollars. That's not it, but you could win a lot more. All right, ten dollars. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I would take that bet, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get the logic behind it, but yeah, I, I think I would have to assume that maybe Oscar's winning here, and maybe that's why they're doing this. And maybe you can justify swapping the belts if it's Asuka and Natalia. You don't want to swap the belts if it's Bianca because she just she just had a a, a record she was trying to break. So yeah. maybe that's the thinking. I don't know. 
Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> All right, the last of the three triple main events here. Is, I have to believe. I don't. I think this is the other one. Is Cody and Brock a rematch from Backlash? Now, with Cody's broken arm here, allegedly storyline. I would think Brock Lesnar is going to win this thing, setting up a, a rubber match trilogy between the two. Maybe it's SummerSlam, but now I'm seeing people buzzing about how Cody's going to be a Money in the Bank, and that seems reasonable. Do you have him? Do you, do you have him beat Brock twice? With the broken arm and just trudging on, or, or, or how, how do you think this one plays out, Phil? Uh, I think Cody's gonna win. Um, I think uh, what they've done with the second match is very smart. Um, when I fantasy booked it for uh, Bleacher Report, one of the things that I said is important here is they have to remind people what really got them invested in Cody. And I think for a lot of fans, it wasn't just the return, but it was the Hell in a Cell match. It was the fact that he, um went out there and had this incredibly reckless but gutsy performance in a Hell in a Cell match with a, a torn pectoral. And I so I think that they're trying to reenact that by having him go into this match um, with one arm and survive, survive like the toughest competitor that he can. And I think that that's a good story to tell on his way back to the title picture. So I think he's going to win. Okay. I, I picked Brock just because I think there's going to be a trilogy here, and I think that Cody being injured would give him an excuse or whatever, but we'll see. It is an interesting bout to watch. All right, everybody. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of the show here today. Uh, come back next week, Tuesday, Thursday, noon Eastern, Premier Streaming Network. Sign up for Premier Plus. Uh, on Tuesday, I'm going to be joined by comic books' Connor Casey. Uh, Connor's a great guy. I've had the chance, just like Phil and Reg this week, to meet out in the field, spend some time with him. Excited to welcome him uh, into House of Wrestling on Tuesday, so come on back for that. Uh, there are the NXT and AEW Double or Nothing media calls today. I'll have coverage of those over on our social media channels and over at houseofwrestling.com, so go check that out. Phil, anything that you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up today? Uh, yeah, you could uh, catch Grapsity every Saturday at noon Eastern um, on FIFO's YouTube channel. We will not be going up this Saturday at noon because there's pay-per-view at 1 Eastern time, so we will be recording live from Las Vegas on Sunday at noon Eastern instead. Um, but yeah, check us out at our regular scheduled time on every other week. And I should, I should uh, plug that this Sunday, uh, heading before Double or Nothing, I will be on Wrestling Observer Live. Uh, so for everybody who's been comparing my reporting to the Observer's reporting, hey, guess what? We're going to smash them together like chocolate and peanut butter. We're going to have a great time on Sunday, me and Andrew Zarian. So come on over, check that out. Support House of Wrestling. Grab whatever you want off the kitchen table. Grab your shoes. Get your hat. Get your coat. Get on out of here. Thanks for stopping by. And remember, you're welcome back anytime. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.